Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Let's Talk Low Vision with Dr. Bill, and I am his trusty co-host, Jesse Walensky. Thank you so much for joining in on our show tonight. We have a very special guest. We have Julian Vargas here with us tonight, and he's going to be chatting with us all about um, smartphones and everything that you need to know for 2021. And um, I'm very excited to introduce Julian now. Welcome. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> hey, Julian, how are you, my good friend? I am well, you know, just uh, living our lives in a COVID uh, lockdown paradise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, you know, it's always such a pleasure when you're on because we all learn so much. You know, everybody, I've known Julian, I, I would say, maybe close to 30 years. I, I don't know, but I just became a eye doctor, and I was specially in, uh, specializing in low vision. And I, I met Julian, and I was supposed to demonstrate all sorts of new low vision technology and closed circuit televisions and bioptic glasses and everything that I showed him. He said, oh, did you know that this is an older model and they have a new one that's already out? He knew more about every one of these things I was showing him. And uh, I felt so, so embarrassed. And when I came into that day, I thought I was a hotshot doctor. But I, I soon realized that uh, there's a guy over here in Los Angeles who knows a whole lot more, and that's Julian. So... Uh, thanks again, and we've saved you for this particular lecture because this is really a very, very complicated one. And uh, there's so many new things that are happening in the field of cell phones. Uh, so I wanted to ask you first, Julian, can you summarize for us what are the three most popular cell phones for 2021 well let's see it'd be the iphone the iphone and the you know and, um, <laughs> um you know the the iphone is is very much a, a a contender there's a lot of fun stuff happening in the smartphone space but clearly uh the iphone uh has a lot of share of our market here and especially in the low vision and blind community just because of its very polished uh, accessibility and, and the way it just uh, works so well with a lot of things. But, you know, so the iPhone is definitely a top contender and um, Android phones as well. Um, they don't get as much mention, but Android has really come a long way over the years in terms of its accessibility. And I can say really that uh, both platforms are, are very accessible and it really just depends on what you're wanting out of a device, uh, what kind of ecosystem you want to be in, in terms of the apps you're downloading and the services that you're subscribing to and such. So it just, um, it just really depends. But yeah, you know, the iPhone is popular and I would say, you know, the, the Google Pixel phones, Samsung just actually announced some new phones, uh, very recently. I think it's CES or some, uh, event right around that time and one of the things that samsung just did with all their phones is i don't know how they did this but all their new phones even their flagships are 200 dollars less than they were last year <laughs> they, oh, uh, yeah they've taken away some things and it's gonna irk some people because they've, 
they've, they've taken away things like the SD card slot, which a lot of people who use Androids were very a big fan of because that way you can expand your own storage and uh, not necessarily be beholden to what you bought uh, or what you could afford at the time you bought your phone. So uh, that went away. The uh, the way to pay wirelessly that that let you pay as if you were using a credit card, even if the merchant didn't support tap to pay things, that kind of went away. So you know they they had to do some things to compromise, but yes, um, their their all their new phones this year are less, and they followed Apple's lead. They're uh, not throwing in chargers and things like that anymore. But unlike Apple, Samsung actually dropped the price. So. Yeah, there's a lot of exciting things happening out there. It just all depends on the, the the device you like, what you're looking for, what ecosystem you want to be in. So, like, Julian, if they're, um, if someone's getting a smartphone for the first time, which one would you suggest? Would it be, like, an iPhone, an Android? Is there one that you prefer? Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I have both. Uh, I like to know about both. <laughs> <laughs> but my my daily driver is the iPhone because for my workflow, the way I do things, it just works a little better. It's a little smoother. It's a little more polished. Uh, I like Android for tinkering around and things like that, experimenting, because I love doing a lot of that stuff. But just for everyday communication, for me, I prefer the iPhone uh, because it just fits into my workflow better. But uh, Usually when people call me asking me that question, I will ask them a few questions. And one of the ones I'll ask is, what do most of your friends and family use? Because I tell them, I said, you're not going to want to be calling and hiring me every uh, every few days to come help you with something. So you want to maybe get something that a lot of your friends and, and family are using because that's going to be your tech support. Mm-hmm. So it just it just really depends, but I I think overall, honestly, most of the people that I end up working with and talking to, it's iPhone. And is this mainly um, like visually impaired people? Do you think that they would prefer the iPhone? Um, yeah, well, visually impaired, blind. Uh, you know, I kind of myself lump it all into one category. Okay. So it just depends. But regardless of whether you have any usable vision or not. The iPhone is really good because it's got things in there that, that help everybody from voiceover, a very good screen reader for mobile devices to the magnification capability, uh, a built-in video magnifier capability. You can do things now, have a system-wide dark mode. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that you can do to customize that phone so that if you're using it one way or the other or kind of a combination of both, you can make it happen. Awesome. You know, ju- Julian, I know that you mentioned also the Google Google Pixel. Yes. What What's the latest with the Google Pixel? I know that was very popular for a while, but I really haven't heard much about it until you just brought it up now. Yeah, the Google Pixel doesn't get as much love in the media only because they don't have the same deals with carriers that someone like Samsung does where, you know, they, they work out deals and they prominently feature their phones. Google kind of, the, Google's always uh, sort of built a reference device, if you will, before it was called the Nexus phones. And the whole idea was that this was Android at its purest without um, bloatware and customizations added by manufacturers and, and telephone carriers. So, uh, I've always liked that because I like the uh, the pure version of Android as much as possible. I don't like extra stuff on there. 
I don't like carriers or manufacturing manufacturer deciding what what features I should have and which they don't think I should have. So I like to have whatever the maker of the operating system uh, wanted to have or envisioned us to have. So that's why I tend to be a big uh, um, proponent of those. Plus, uh, in today's world, especially in Android, there's a lot of security issues that exist. And one thing I like that Google does is every month on the fifth of the month, they put out a security patch. And depending on which one you have, that depends on how fast you get that or how long it takes you to get it. So with the Pixel phones, you can pretty much count on that on the 5th of every month or thereabout, you're going to get an update from Google that has all the latest uh, patches that address security vulnerabilities known to them. Uh, when you're dealing with third-party manufacturers other than Google, then that update has to go through several filters because, number one, the manufacturer has to make sure that it doesn't break anything in their customized uh, user interface. And then also the carriers have to kind of give their nod to it because sometimes the carriers uh, have customizations made to phones that uh, that they sponsor or that they promote. So sometimes it could be a few months before you get that update. And uh, I just like getting it as soon as it's possibly available. So that's why I tend to like the, uh, the Pixel or the Google devices because it's sort of uh, coming right from the manufacturer. I also find that in general... And not as much now as it used to be, but there was a time that it used to be that uh, sometimes with these changes in, in user interface, it broke accessibility sometimes. And Google's always been pretty good about uh, giving you the latest and greatest that they have vis-a-vis accessibility. So I just tend to favor those devices more than others. How much? How much is the Google Pixel phone? I'm thinking about... Uh, if there's a high school student or, or or a parent who has a high school child who has low vision, is well, that a good choice because it's more affordable? If if Android is what they want to go with, um, uh, the Pixel phones themselves, the main flagship model, is pretty similarly priced with with flagship pricing. So, you know, you're talking about uh, in the six hundred dollar and up range. Uh, but what I like about Google is they also put out the something the the four A or the, the the A series of Pixel phones, and they'll usually put that. So the 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 Pixel phone will come out sometime in the fall, uh, usually right around the time, or if not a little after uh, the iPhone gets released, and then sometime in the spring, they will release the A model, which is more of a mid range version of that phone that sometimes maybe is built maybe more out of plastic than 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 glass and some you know they'll, they'll cut corners in ways like that but it's uh considerably cheaper so right now i would say if somebody wants to buy a pixel uh the ones to look at are either the uh the pixel 4a which is uh the one based on last year's pixel because the current pixel is the 5 or they also have one called, and this really gets confusing. I don't know why they named it this way. They call it the Pixel 4a 5G. And that's because uh, they're trying to, of course, go in on the 5G bandwagon, which uh, I'll talk about in a minute, my opinions on that. Um, but yeah, the cool thing about here. the 4a 5G is that it has a lot of the stuff that's found in the Pixel 5. For some reason, they uh, they updated some of the hardware inside so it really is a good value. If you're going to buy a Pixel phone today, that's probably the one I would look at. 
Now, with regard to 5G, we heard a lot of hype about this, especially when the iPhone 12 was released, and now you're seeing a lot of phones, 5G, 5G, 5G. Yeah. Um, I would, at the, today, I would not buy something based on 5G. Now, if what you like happens to support 5G, then, then great. That's, that's, you don't buy it because of what I'm about to say. But I don't think you should buy a phone just because they say, oh, it supports 5G. Because the fact is, 5G is still not meaningfully deployed. It's still kind of a work in progress. So you'll get 5G to work in certain areas really well, usually big metropolitan areas, and usually right in the downtown areas or in certain locations where there's a lot of uh, traffic, uh, uh, you know, wireless traffic. But uh, for the most part, I don't think it's out there deployed in a meaningful way yet. And I think it's still a, a standard that's in development. And today's 5G phone may not necessarily be the most compatible with next year's uh, 5G network. So I just wouldn't buy based strictly on the 5G thing right now. But again, if the phone you want supports it, then don't hesitate to buy it because they'll also support the existing infrastructure. I just don't like seeing people pay extra money for something they're not really going to get a lot of usage for the most part. Wow, that's really helpful because all the commercials, if the phone does have 5G, they promote it as being so much faster, so much better. Oh, and it is, but the thing is that a lot of 5G is using radio spectrum that requires you to be right near the source of transmission. You know, that's the way it's going to be when it's meaningfully deployed is you're going to have a lot more micro cell sites all over the place. So when all that's meaningfully deployed, then yeah, it's going to be great because you're going to have so much more of it in places that you'll be able to take advantage of it. But right now it's really only in certain areas that you can really uh, get to take the full advantage of what it has to offer. You know, now, Julian, one of the problems I am, I am actually a user of the iPhone. Is it the 4S? It has a button, a physical button on for home on the bottom. Yes. The home button. Yes. So my phone is very, very, very old, but, uh, it, it, it was, it was a gift to me, just a surprise. The whole thing is just so amazing. I didn't know, but I had a patient who was a really great young kid and he was uh, at my office. And one day he says, uh, Dr. Bill, I want you to meet my dad. My daddy's going to pick me up today. And I said, okay, that'll be great. And then uh, the door opens up, and uh, two men come in. One man was a huge, huge man, and another guy behind him was a, a more petite black man. And I figure, well, the black man must be his dad because the boy, my patient, he is black. And uh, the man said, hey, Mandela, it's daddy. Daddy's here. And as soon as I heard that voice, I recognized that is Stevie Wonder. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I go over and shake hands and, oh, it absolutely was him. And he didn't even know who I was, but he gave me a hug and I could feel all the beads from the dreadlocks in his hair hitting me in the face and everything like that. And he said... Dr. Bill, thank you for helping my son. I, I hear a lot of good things about you. I said, oh, no, no, no. I think your son's just making up stories. 
He says, well, Dr. Bill, I got a gift for you because you've been so nice to my son. I said, oh, thank you. And I was expecting him to, you know, give me a candy bar or a bottle of Diet Coke or something like that. And he bought me that iPhone. And this was when iPhones first came out, you know, and I knew nothing about it. But this phone has worked so well for me. But I have to say one thing. The performance of my phone is slow variable <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but let me let me tell you because when i first got the phone he says yeah you could take it to any 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 store and then you could get it activated and that they'll give you a phone number and at that time there were all these commercials about um t-mobile was that what it was yeah, I mean it's 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 uh it's definitely one of the big carriers that uh yeah. and at the, and at around that time they were really doing a lot of expanding and a lot of deals that some of the other carriers were not giving so I could see why you might have gone there. Yeah, there were so many commercials and you know the 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 f- f- unlimited text data and uh you know calls, I mean all kinds of great things. But under that plan I had so many times that I would try to make a call and it just wouldn't go through. Or I would be on a call and then it would drop. And it got to the point that I was really getting frustrated. So I then switched over to AT&T and it was like night and day. It was so much better, AT&T. So even though we may have one of these really super smart phones, can you tell us again the importance of selecting the proper carrier and how do you select the proper carrier? I didn't know anything about AT&T or T-Mobile or anything like that, but just by luck, uh, one of them worked better. Yeah, because it just depends on the coverage in the area. Now, of course, you wouldn't have that problem with T-Mobile because they have a lot of coverage uh, their oh. coverage is pretty comparable now to any of the other carriers. In fact, you know, they recently merged with Sprint. So now there's three major carriers in the U.S. So they, they've, they've improved quite a lot since those days. Plus that iPhone that you're talking about was going to be more compatible with AT&T because back then a lot of the iPhones for the first few years of the iPhone, they had an exclusivity contract with AT&T. So the phones were optimized to work oh. best on AT&T's network. Oh, okay. Wow. But you're saying now if a, a listener wants to go out there and, and to buy any one of these phones, you, you would think that they should be quite pleased, even if they had T-Mobile or any of the other carriers, large carriers? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, as far as choosing a carrier, the best way to do it is, is find out what people around you are using. You know, what your parents oh. are using, what, what your friends are using, what your coworkers are using. And if you're finding that they get good cell service, then that maybe is who you want to go with. What are you using? I should have asked you that, huh? <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm a T-Mobile person. I've been with them, uh, oh for a very long time, even when their coverage wasn't so great, but they gave great deals and they've only gotten better over the years. And the plan that I have with them 
is so good that every time they try to uh, call in for something and they try to sell me something new, I ask them, well, how does that compare to what I have? And they took a look at what I have and they say, you know what? I would not change what you have if I were you. Because <laughs> I have such really? a, I have such an old plan with it, but it's it's really a good plan for a good price because that's what they were giving at the time when they were really trying to uh, build up the customer base. So I'm going to hang on to that as long as I can. Well, you know, now I I hadn't heard this information about Sprint merging with T-Mobile. What do you see are going to be really the main advantages to us consumers? Well, if you're a Sprint customer, your service is going to get uh, much, much better. Uh, Sprint service was, uh, let's just say, not the greatest, <laughs> to oh, be polite. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I, I was, I'm not a big, I wasn't a big fan of Sprint. A lot of the people that I knew who had Sprint were always having internet slow issues and things like that. So, yeah, uh, T-Mobile, it, it, for them, it's a win because now they all of a sudden get to be part of a much better network. Oh, oh okay. And, yeah, uh-huh. so, so I, I think, you know, right now, any of the, of the big three that you go with, um, it, you, you can't go wrong, you know, especially if they cover good in the area where you live, where you work, and where you play or travel to, then, then you're good. Okay, great. Jesse, you have any questions? Yeah, I do. Um, I was actually curious um, if we could just back it up just a little bit, because I wanted to know a little bit more about you personally, Julian, and like how you became so knowledgeable about all these smartphones. <laughs> yeah, well, really. <laughs> I, uh, I was going to tell when Dr. Bill was telling a story about me in the beginning, I was going to say, this is what happens when you like geeks in your office. I, I've i always been <laughs> interested in uh telecommunications and radio and things like that so i've always from childhood always was always tinkering with the phone and pushing buttons and seeing what i could make it do and all that so (laughs) really yeah (laughs) you didn't take special classes or anything like that or work for one of the companies or anything no I just, uh, I'm what you call an autodidact. You know, I'm self-taught. I just, <laughs> I just go out there and play with stuff. And then I talk to people and I read mailing lists and I, you know, read news, read articles, podcasts, uh, listen to Leo Laporte, the tech guy. You know, I, I just, oh, yeah. I, I avail myself of all the information that I can get and I try to sort of become a, um, an aggregator of that information. Well, you yeah, have a very helpful little hobby there. <laughs> it's fun. Oh, you know, by the way, uh I haven't heard you on Leo Laporte. Are you going to be calling in soon? I have to come, come up with a reason to call him. Lately, you know, <laughs> he hasn't had anybody call in uh, who sounded like they were in distress and where I've had to call in and say, no, this is what you need to tell that person. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You bail him out. <laughs> it's great. Well, you know, that that's what makes this show what it is, is because he, he it's a team effort with him and the listeners and the people in the chat room. So that's what makes that show so special. Well, you know, Julian, which which of these new cell phones have the video magnification, you know, that would help people to be able to magnify what they're reading and such? Uh, do most of these new phones have that now? Yeah, um, they do. Uh, they, they have it. Uh, it's just part of the accessibility, uh, 
section of their phone. They have to go in there and tinker with it and turn it on. But yes, uh, most of the modern uh, smartphone and, and platforms offer that kind of thing. God, that is really great for us, huh? Yeah. Although I'll be honest, I still like the standalones better for certain things. Okay. Even how about as it compares to some of the portable video magnifiers, you know, that you could buy for about $600, $700. How do they compare with the, the video magnifiers in these smartphones? I'll be honest. I think it depends too on your vision because we all know how low vision is. It's very tricky to, to nail that down. But for me, uh, the way that I require contrast and certain brightness, I find that the smartphone screens are not going to deliver that quite the same way that a standalone video magnifier will do because it's tasked only for that purpose. It's optimized to deliver exactly that service. But, you know, uh, there are other people who maybe don't need the high contrast and maybe don't need some of the adjustments that I do. Maybe they just need to magnify some things a little bit to read some mail or read an article in a newspaper. And I think yeah. for them it works just fine. Gosh, and I, I hope you don't mind me saying this to our audience, but I I know that you're going to be going in for cataract surgery, and cataracts truly do affect the quality of the image that way. So I, I pray that after February, your, your vision is just so much sharper. I'm hoping. You know, but can you imagine that, though? You don't have to have a portable CCTV in one pocket, a phone in another pocket, and a iPod in another pocket. I mean, my gosh, you could just carry your money in these other pockets, right? Well, <laughs> if you have any left after you bought these phones, because man, they they get expensive. But um, oh, you know, true. That I always true. tell people, don't just think of these devices as a phone, because if you do, you're really missing out on a lot. These devices really are the true personal computer of today. I mean, I do most of my communication on this device now. I only use the PC for very specialized and specific things. Uh, but for general day-to-day -day communicating, uh, reading email, responding to email, doing a lot of stuff like that, the uh, the iPhone for me is is the preferred tool because I can just get it done so much quicker and more efficient. You know, I, I would say, at least from what I have seen and the advertisements and things. These phones, the, the the top phones that they advertise are about twelve hundred dollars. Like for example, the iPhone twelve. What about people who really just don't have that type of money? What is a more affordable alternative? Is the only one uh, the Google Pixel? Is that the only choice that our listeners would have? No, believe it or not, Apple also does. You know, one thing about these companies is they copy each other. It's so funny to watch. <laughs> oh. You watch the announcement of one, and then the next year the other one's doing what the other one was doing. It's like, again, uh, this last year, Apple uh, decides we're not going to ship chargers and, and, and headphones in with our phones. And guess what uh, Samsung does now? I mean, they, they all like monkey see, monkey do. They copy each other. <laughs> so just uh -huh. to, to that to that end, 
um, they also want to be in every price point. They, they don't just want to be a luxury brand. Uh, Apple wants to be, wants something at every price point. And if you look at what they've been doing over the last few years, they've done that. So for example, the iPhone 12, uh, mini, uh, that one starts around like the $650 range. And then they go up from there based on storage and depending on the size that you want, maybe you want the 12, you want the, the pro, you want the max, you know, but they, but then also below that, they do some other stuff. Uh, the, the iPhone 10 R, which in my opinion is still one of the best iPhones that Apple has ever made in terms of its size, in terms of its performance and in terms of its battery life. That phone is a monster. <laughs> really? And, yeah, that now, one is. Julian, why do they call it? I'm trying to figure out. Why would they call this the 10R? I know it's not a 10-inch screen, but uh... no, it was the it was still the phone that came out. That the iPhone 10R came out in 2018. So that year, the iPhone 10S, hmm. we were in that part of the cycle. So that's why it's called the 10R. Uh, I don't always know what the S's and the R's and these little letters that they throw in there mean because it's who knows. I don't think they even know. I think they just think somebody <laughs> throws a dart and it lands there and says, yeah, that sounds cool. Let's go with it. But, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the important thing to know about that is that again, that one, that was, that was the, uh, the more affordable of that year's flagship models. And yet it was the one that I think had the best overall value for the money. So that wow. phone is now on sale on Apple for, for $499. So that's how they are in that price point. And then below that is the, what I think is it, it was, is just as good of a value. And in some cases, some might say even a better value is the iPhone SE. Uh, and they're now in their second generation of that. Uh, it came out in the spring of 2020. It was called the SE 2020. And that phone still has the form factor of the iPhone, uh, seven and eight and, uh, and those phones. It has the, uh, home button. It's a virtual home button, but it's still very clearly defined on the screen. And when you press in on it, it detect, it it feels the pressure of your finger and gives you a taptic feedback, which gives you the illusion of pressing a button. So uh-huh. for people who like the home button, that's, that's the only phone available still that's being currently made. And, um, and it's still a good phone because even though it is a lower, uh, priced phone, it has most of the internal things that you found in last year's iPhone 11 flagship, the processor, the RAM, a lot of things like that. The camera may be not quite the same, but it's still good enough. iPhone cameras uh, these days are all good. So you're, uh, you're really getting a lot for your money on that phone. And that one starts at three ninety nine. dollars So Wait, what is that? What is that one? That sounds perfect for a guy like me. Yeah, I was going to say, you might like that phone, especially if you really like the home button. And nowadays, because of the COVID situation and having to wear masks, I'll be honest, I was a happy user of the iPhone XR that I, we talked about earlier. But one problem I was having is that when I'm wanting to use my phone in public or wanting to do contactless payment uh, using Apple Pay, it meant that I either had to type in a passcode every time or 
briefly lower my mask and pulled my phone in front of my face just to get it to recognize and let me in to to do that oh. transaction. And that is not only annoying, but it's also, you know, putting me at a risk of catching something or maybe transmitting something that I didn't know I had. So um, I really started, uh, I was really hoping that the iPhone 12 was going to have a touch ID or some form of it, especially given the situation that we're in. But unfortunately, Apple, for whatever reason, did not include that in this year's iPhones. So I didn't buy the iPhone 12 like I thought I might. But I thought, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll buy the iPhone SE as a stopgap measure for now so that I can use my phone a little more efficiently and safely uh, as long as we're still needing to wear a mask. And I took advantage of a Black Friday deal and I was in a state with lower sales tax, so I thought, let me let me buy this thing now. So <laughs> I went and I did it, and that's currently what I'm using, and I really like this phone a lot. Um, the battery life on it, the battery is a lot smaller than the iPhone XR, naturally, but I bought the iPhone smart battery case, which I've been a big fan of, and that basically doubles the battery life because it's a, it's a silicone case that has a built-in battery that oh. integrates with the operating system, and it just works very nicely. I've, I've never seen that. How much is that case? Those cases, I think, are right around uh, $99. Wow, that's great. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a good combination. I really like it. And I think, yeah, if, if you're looking to uh, uh, replace that old uh, phone that you had, although I wouldn't throw it away, I think that's worth something given who gave it to you. But <laughs> uh, especially <laughs> if you autographed it or something. But <laughs> uh, I would hold on to that because that's worth something. But, you know, yeah, just uh, get the uh, get the newer phone and uh, you'll instantly notice a, a Tremendous boost in performance. Uh, things are, will run a lot faster. And, um, and you'll have touch ID. You'll have a lot of convenience. So that's, that's called the SE. And that home button, which is, uh, uh, very easily to locate, that actually would read your fingerprint? Yes. Nice. God, that's a really good bargain. It My is. Goodness. You know, well, Jesse, what questions do you, I don't even know, Jesse, what phone are you using? Um, yeah, actually, I was just going to jump on. Um, I'm using um, a 10 iPhone 10 XR or the 10 R, I believe. Um, is that was that the same thing, Julian? That's XR? the phone I was talking about that came out in 2018. And I, I love that phone. I mean, I still think that was one of Apple's best phones in terms of battery life and performance. Uh, it, it was a really I'm good okay. phone. But yeah, that was yeah, the only problem was the Face ID. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely um, can be a little challenging sometimes. Like even sometimes I notice when I wear my glasses or sometimes like even weird little things like my it doesn't always connect to my face for some reason. So I don't know why. But besides that, I mean, honestly, I really love the phone. Um, I was curious, Julian, are you yourself visually impaired or blind? Yes. Okay. If you don't mind me asking, what do you what condition do you have? It's called Lieber's congenital amaurosis, known as LCA. Mm-hmm. And if you want to really be specific, uh, type in to Google RPE65. That's the the gene that I have that causes it, and you can learn all you care to know and then some about my condition. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm definitely familiar with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, so did you? Like when you said that you were always just kind of messing around with phones and technology and things like that, like since you were a kid, 
um, did you notice that like your interest in technology or anything had to shift if like as you lose more vision, like you become more interested in accessibility? Well, yeah, out of necessity. I mean, it's, I've always had the interest that that's, that's been, uh, an underlying thing, but I just, my interest in it obviously changes a little bit and my dependence on it changes a little bit. Um, as I noticed the expected decline in my vision start to happen back around 2005 or six, I made a decision that it was time to start adopting blindness technique and less reliance on vision because I was getting a lot of eye strain and things like that. So I started transitioning over to screen readers and, and all that. So I still have usable vision. I still use it for certain things where it makes sense, but I am very on board with blindness techniques and uh, they serve me quite well. Gosh, that's really something. And if any of you have ever seen this young man walk, you would think he's in the Olympics in the speed walking contest. <laughs> well, hey, when you Julian, grow up in I... New York, it's what you have to do. <laughs> Either that or get run over. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Julian, I want to ask a little bit of a change of topic real quick because sure. it came out in, in the news uh, last week or two weeks ago. But there's a new cane that is a smart cane. The We Walk cane, I believe, is it called? Have I've you heard of heard that. Or tried it? I haven't really tried it. I've seen things like that at the CSUN conference before, so it's possible I might have even seen a prototype or something at some point. But, oh, uh, they've been out before. Okay. Uh, I'll be honest. Um, I'm always open to, to new things, and I wouldn't mind trying an, a newer version of it out. Maybe I might have a different view. But honestly, I think there are certain things that don't need to be high tech and the cane to me is one of those things uh just like my refrigerator doesn't need to go on the internet or my toaster um <laughs> yeah i just think there's certain things where where it makes sense and others where it doesn't and to me it's like i want my cane i want the the feedback i want from my cane is should all be what's at the other end of that cane and what is a or sounds bouncing off of things when I tap echolocation, and that's really what I want from the cane mainly. I don't know that I would like my cane trying to vibrate in Morse code telling me something when I'm trying, <laughs> yeah. when I'm trying to yeah. focus on what the cane is touching. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, you know the one thing that uh, we haven't touched on yet, though. Can you give us? A little bit more specific information about some of the new Samsung phones that are, are out. And I know you did say that they have gone down in price for a couple of hundred. What else is new or what is a type, a model of a Samsung phone that you really like? Well, I... I haven't had my hands on it because it just came out, but the, the latest and greatest is uh, the S21, Galaxy S21, I think it's called. And, of course, like everybody else, they make different variants of it. But, um, you know, one of these days I'll, you know, I'll try to get to a phone store when it's out and, and play around with it and see what I think. But in general, I've kind of shied away from phones that put their own customization UI on Android because again it's like I, I I'm a big fan of, of the Google the pure Android that comes out of Google. Mm -hmm. 
but they, they make good hardware. It's, it's, it's made well. But, you know, to me, one of the, some of the things that I would have liked about Samsung phones, they just got rid of with these new ones. So <laughs> I don't, Uh-oh. I'm not sure that I, that it's going to have a better chance of winning me over. Oh my gosh. Uh, Jesse, do you have the other questions or should we open it up to the audience? Um, no, that was actually my last um, question on the list. So yeah, if anyone has a question from the audience, we would love to take them. We have Wes Brown. Yes, Hi, Wes. Yes, like I'm kind of shopping for a new phone myself. I currently have an iPhone 7 Plus at this time. And I was thinking about looking for an iPhone 11 Max, but when I've been checking the refurbies clearance items in Apple, they don't, I guess they're the 10s. They like the X, XR, XR Max phones. And those are still selling the regular 11. So I don't know whether they're about ready to put the 11 Max on the used market or, or not. So they're not selling the 11 Max. And well, here's what happens. Uh, when Apple introduces a new model, they deprecate the older one. So they keep it around, but they don't give you as much variety of it. So it's not at all unusual for them to get rid of the 11 Max and, and, and the other variations of it and just maybe keep the 11 itself around just to, to meet, to meet a price point. So they're probably selling that one for 599. So if you notice the, the, the continuity here or the, the, the theme, 399, 499, 599, 690, you know, so that, that's kind of how they like to do things. So that's why you're not going to see as much variety in, in last year's model because as soon as the new model's out, that's the one that gets all the different flavors and variety. And then the old models start to get deprecated and they only give you so many, uh, versions of it or, you know, only with maybe one size of memory versus before you could buy three different types of memory. So that's what's happening there. So if you're looking to replace a seven, uh, S, which it sounds like plus, uh, it's a plus. The, yeah, the oh yeah, the plus. So here's the thing. Uh, what's more important to you, the larger screen or the uh, or the home button? Larger screen. Uh, that's why I go for the max. I want the big screen. So you might want to take a look at the 10R because the 10R actually has a bigger screen than your iPhone 7 uh, Plus does. Well, because, because of the fact that the iPhone, remember with the, with the older, with that style of phone and the SC fits in this category as well, cause they follow that design. They have these large bezel frame kind of thing around it. So the whole screen isn't really a screen. So, uh, with the iPhone 10R, the bezel is a lot thinner on the okay. sides of that, which means that the whole, the most of the front of that screen is going to be actual screen. So it's going to look, even though the phone size may be physically smaller than that plus, uh, you're going to actually have more usable screen. So that's, I would take a look at that. Okay. And so the 10 are, they mostly, so that's what the X means. It's a Roman numeral 10 because. Yeah. Apple just, you know, they, they, they do things to confuse people. And yeah, when they came (laughs) out with the 10, they went X, but. Thankfully, they uh, dropped that Roman numeral thing with moving forward from the 11. <laughs> XR, can you say XR is probably one of the Apple's better phones, and it will still be a good phone that's going to last me for a while. They can still take updates if I get it, Oh, yeah, it will. That, that phone will still get at least, uh, let me think, that came out in 18. So 
that phone will get updates at least probably through 2022 or 23. They, they tend to support a phone for a good five years or so with updates. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Wes. We got uh, Tom Lelos. Hello, hello uh, Julian. Very nice presentation. Thank you. Um, thank you. Our kids went together and got us a cell phone. We didn't get ours from Stevie Wonder, like Dr. Bill, but that's <laughs> pretty cool. But uh, so we're still learning how to use it. You know, we're we're in the, we're senior citizens, and so it's a struggle. But we'll get there. But my question is, our the phone they got us is part of a plan. I think there's six phones, five or six phones in the plan. But we live in Wyoming. And the other people in the plan are in Washington and Oregon and Northern California. Oh, gee. So they, they, the, the phone number that they assigned to our phone is like out of Yakima, Washington, where our son that put this all together lives. Right. 509, you know, area code. Uh-huh. We live in Wyoming, and I'm thinking because of just proprietary um, reasons, to change to a 307 Wyoming uh, area code and a, a number. That, so when people see the number, they, you know, can identify with right. it. Is, I know it can be done, but is that advisable? Who's your carrier? Verizon. You, yeah, I mean, if you can make it happen and, and, and you think that would make it easier for you to communicate with locals, then why not? Yeah. I haven't tried doing this kind of thing recently. But I know that there was a time that carriers like AT&T and Verizon would not let you do this. They they would want you to have area code in the same area that the person who the plan is under right. would have. Right. T-Mobile was one of the companies that I remember early on that would not have that requirement. They would let you have uh, numbers in, in other places. So that's how I was able to get my mom and my brother and, and a friend of mine on the plan that I have. And they were all able to have phone numbers in their own respective area code. So I would check with Verizon because maybe uh, things have changed now and they allow that. And mm-hmm. if they do, uh, then that's not a bad way to go. And then, you know, again, if you think that would help you, uh, I don't know that it would give you any advantage other than what you're saying, that when you call people locally, they'll the, it'll be the same area code that everybody else uses there. It's just a nicety thing, really. Yeah. So if they offer it, why not? Yeah. They they may even try to charge you for, for changing the number. Okay. And um, what I would do in that case is whoever has the plan, because you're probably going to have to go through them anyway to make that happen. Oh, okay. Um, if they... If they go and they try to do that and they and they quote them, yeah, we can do it, but we're going to charge you money to do it. If yeah. he's been a longtime customer, tell him to ask for the retention department and talk to those people because they're those are the people that keep you from wanting to leave. And sometimes they can give you things that uh, the regular customer rep can't give you. Oh, okay, that's good information. <laughs> ah, the retention department. Yeah. I got to re- write that cool. one down. New term, new term, Bill. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. I have Tom Frank now. Yes. Uh, actually, what my wife's insistence, I just got a 12 Pro, uh, the iPhone, basically because she's tired of me talking about LiDAR. Other than SuperSense and Apple, have you heard anybody else dealing with any programs uh, taking advantage of the LiDAR? 
Um, I thought seeing AI also was uh, doing a little. Oh, seeing AI. I'm sorry. Yeah. Seeing AI. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Seeing, uh, seeing AI. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought up lidar because yeah, that that's uh, that's kind of one of those up and coming things that uh, uh, mm. is available with some of the uh, the higher end iPhone 12s. But the rumor is that all the all the iPhone 13s, it's going to be across the whole line next year of this lidar, and uh-huh. this is a, okay. a technology that's going to really be helpful in helping people to figure out, for example, their distance to objects in front of them and, and get information like that. So I have no doubt that you're going to see more and more of these companies that make these uh, apps that we like to play with uh, start to incorporate that LiDAR. I think even some of the indoor mapping things like Good Maps Explorer will probably eventually, uh, you know, add things like that and, and, and add it to their whole equation of helping you to get around buildings and such. So it's definitely uh, something that I think is going to be great, but uh, just like 5G, I personally wouldn't buy a phone just today just because it is lidar. I've, you know, I I would want more than just that to buy a phone, but it's definitely going to be a, a technology that's going to be very helpful in the future, especially the the more widely it becomes adopted. Thank you, Tom. Um, we have uh, Kathy Gerhold. Okay, hi. Uh, thank you. This is very interesting. I'm, I put off buying, replacing my six plus and then COVID hit. So I put it off again and I've just been going, going to go out, um, to AT&T and just get the 12 Pro Max. Um, you know, I don't like spending all that money, but I figure it's time. But um, I do, I do, uh, as an older person, get these things from AARP about consumer cellular. And um, is that really uh, just as good as AT&T or Verizon or how so do, these how are work? these are companies that are known in the industry as MVNOs, which stands for Mobile Virtual Network Operators. And the way that these companies mostly operate is they buy access to the networks of larger companies like AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile, and then they resell it to you at a lower price, you know, as a package. So what you want to find out about, and and if I recall, I think Consumer Mobile also does a lot of, has a lot of reliance on you having a Wi-Fi connection somewhere. So in other words, it's using your Wi-Fi at home to provide the uh, effectively becomes your cell tower. So uh, you want to find out about things like that, who the carrier is that they're going to use in your area when you're not at home and, and, and you're not in range of your Wi-Fi. And then find out how that carrier generally tends to cover the area that you're going to be in. So I would definitely look at things like that and, you know, what phones do they support currently? Because uh, sometimes with these MVNOs, they don't always support the latest phones that are out there. So the iPhone 12 uh, Pro is is a very new phone, and you want to make sure that they will their equipment is capable of uh, supporting access to the their network via that phone. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome, Ed Hirsch. I'm wondering what you think of the blind shell, something like that. So I haven't, um, I haven't had a lot of hands-on experience with that phone, but from what I understand, uh, 
that's not really a smartphone per se. That phone is really meant for somebody who doesn't care for having a lot of smartphone capability, but just really wants a phone that's very tactile and very simple to use. So if that's really what you're after, then, uh, you know, that it's a good phone to get. But if you're looking to, uh, use your phone in the ways that a lot of us are using it with these apps that, that help us with myriad tasks, uh, that may not necessarily be the one to get. So it, it, again, it all depends on your use case. And that's usually what I do with when I do consultations with people is find out what they're, what they really want to use the, the uh, device for. And then, uh, you, you aim for the thing that's going to best serve that purpose. Yeah, if some of them are really the price you're talking about, they're almost uh, in the same price range anyway. So that uh, yeah, you're paying you're paying what uh, what I uh, and some people call the blind tax. <laughs> that's a you're paying uh, money for something that, and it's because it serves a very limited niche market. So. Unlike Apple, which has a huge market and can amortize the cost of the accessibility across the entire product line, things like specialized phones made specifically for blind people don't have a lot of mass market appeal. So that's why you're going to pay individually per unit a lot more. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks. All right, Patty. So I just recently um, upgraded to the 12. And I am with AT&T and they, they told me that I am working and, and when I had my 10, um, you know, they, um, they had five, they said I was running on 5G. So when I went to trade in the phone to a 12, um, they upgraded to a 5G network. Um, and that the 4G network, um, it, it was, it, it said 5G because they were almost getting it to like a four and a half G because they've went to a 5G network. Um, so when you go, they kind of, um, you could stay on the 4G plan, but I haven't seen uh, much of a difference. In the battery life of my 12, actually, I think that it runs a little bit longer. Um, I don't have to charge it till in the evening, you know, late in the evening. Now I've been going all day. And so what I want to know is exactly what is the difference between that? You were talking about the 5G not being 5G yet. So um, when will it, you know, will it change? Well, everything here's the seems to run faster. I'll tell you the difference. Uh, the 5G you thought you were on was fake 5G. It was a marketing hype ploy by AT&T. And I was somebody who I always get annoyed with stuff like that when companies try to pull fast ones on people. But because they want you to think that, hey, we have the latest phones. We want to flash 5G on your screen so that you think you're getting something faster when you're really not. <laughs> uh, they did this, by the way, with with uh, with 4G as well. Uh, before 4G was really a thing, uh, 3.5G, they were also calling 4G. And I just say shame on the companies who do this because all it does is confuse people. And then, yeah, when you go and you get a real 5G phone, now all of a sudden they're telling you, oh, yeah, now we're going to have to upgrade your network. And you're thinking, wait a minute, I thought it was on a 5G network. My old phone said 5G, but it really isn't. So the bottom line is that 
the thing you were on before really was, as you said, three, uh, four and a half G. It really was not a true 5G network. A lot of this is just my marketing terminology, marketing hype that they use to get people apart with money. So, uh, yeah. 5G, 5G, it's- even as it is today, is still something that's, that's a work in progress. It isn't meaningfully deployed. Most people are not going to really truly see the difference until it's more, uh, widely deployed. Okay. Thank All you, right. Jill. Jane? Hello. <clears throat> uh, thank you very much. Just a quick comment, first of all, about the um, consumer cellular. Um, I have an iPad and I have a regular cell phone, so I'm looking to change from my regular cell phone to a smartphone. And thank you for all the information. It's great. But just be careful about your reception because I bought a consumer cellular because the plan was cheaper and I'm on AARP. And I got it home and I couldn't use it. I had to go outside to use it. And I have Wi-Fi at my house, so just be careful. My question is, these lesser phones that you talk about, does Apple still support those phones? Absolutely. Um, Okay. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I like about Apple is that when you buy a, a phone from them, especially like, for example, if you buy a phone, if you bought the iPhone 12 in 2020, you can expect that at least through the year 2025, you're going to have updates. You're going to have support. Um, in terms of um, tech support, that's a whole different thing. They they have programs. They have Apple Care Plus and things like that that they have you buy into. Uh, I think when you first buy it, it comes with a, a year or less of free tech support. But also keep in mind, Apple has an accessibility uh, number. So, yeah. no, and, and it doesn't matter how old the phone is. Uh, I've been right. able to get support and I know people who've gotten support for their phones. That's um, great to hear. Using that. that Apple disability phone number, those people there, they're, they're like the Best Buy geeks, but they don't intimidate you and they help you and they keep on the phone until you're all done. And I just think it's a great, great service. It so what awesome. you're saying that, um, that disability information number, if I had a problem with my new iPhone, I could call them and they would help me out? Absolutely, yes. They, okay. they will support you. But in terms of support of the operating system, security patches, things like that, um, mm-hmm. if you're going to buy a phone that's not a current model, you just want to make sure the year that it came out so that that way you can factor that into your buying decision that it's usually five years from the date, from the year that it came out that you can expect to get uh, iOS updates on it. Okay. And you can you can use the same apps that you're on your iPad that you can use on your iPhone. Generally speaking, yes. I mean, sometimes some developers may have it that it only works on one and not the other. But and sometimes what what happens is if they don't make an iPad version, you can get the iPhone version, but it'll show up on the screen and it'll be like only in the center of the screen because it's going to show you the size of an iPhone screen. Yeah. So sometimes that's the case. Question. It's a sixty-four million dollar question. Ooh. On my iPad, I can print from my printer. Can you do that on the phone? Yes. Oh, interesting. I've learned so much from you tonight. Thank you so very much. <laughs> You're so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we have caller uh, last three gi- digits, 689. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I uh, appreciate this very much. Um, my name is Shirley, and uh, I'll say hi to Robert real quick. Um, I wanted to know, uh, I understood in the last year or so 
that there was um, a feature that came out where you could control uh, your iPhone, and instead of doing a lot of the touch gestures, you could talk them uh, to the phone, and it would do them in a newer version of iOS, but then someone told me that it depended on what version of the phone you had as well as the iOS version, and I don't know um, if uh, if you're familiar with what I'm talking about, Julian. I talked to you a long time ago once, but anyway, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the feature that I'm talking yeah, about. I wonder if it's you could called, expound uh, on that a little bit. Yeah, I believe the feature is called voice control. And right. the, the idea with voice control is it's supposed to be there to help people who have motor disabilities uh, to still be able to access their phone because effectively the phone listens continuously uh, for commands. So as you could expect, a feature like that is very uh, processor intensive. Uh, it's going to eat up your battery really fast if you got that thing on all the time because it's always listening. And if you're giving a command, some process, you know, it's processing what your voice says and then turning that into uh, an action. So right. um, if the phone you have is older, like, for example, like an iPhone 7 or earlier, <laughs> um, you're not going to have access to certain things. The same thing happened, by the okay. way, with the voiceover with iOS uh, 14 introduced the uh, screen recognition and image recognition features. And they don't work as well or at all with the older phones. You have to have something with a much newer processor. So, uh, so it will work on that. like the eight, just not as well. It, yeah, I, I'm not sure if because I don't use voice control myself. Um, okay. And most I just of the thought for some of us, maybe like me who don't uh, like touch screens that well, but you know, I still have the phone because obviously there are things that you can't you know, um, do with other phones if you're blind. And um, so, you know, I have it because it seems to be the the best <laughs> at this you know, point in time to use, but I'm not a big touchscreen fan. So I just so thought for, I would check. For you, I would recommend looking into other input options like either a Bluetooth keyboard that has arrow keys or, or you could use hotkeys to move around things kind of like you do on a computer. There is a, a device called the Revo, um, R-I-V-O, I think it's called. Yeah, um, I'm fam I am somewhat familiar with that, and so, I just did get the Orbit Writer, but I haven't really learned how to use it yet, right. so that so, might solve some of my issues. Right, so for you, I think that's a better way to go. Really, using that voice control it's, it's going to suck up your battery really fast, and actually, uh, unless if you're going to use it with voiceover especially, you probably want to run okay. it with a headset on or something because it has problems because it hears the speech coming out of your speaker. Oh, I think somebody did mention that now that yeah. you're saying it again. Okay. So to me, that feature was really primarily intended for people with motor disabilities, not so much visual. I think okay, eventually, I didn't like, realize that. you know, just like Zoom and voiceover, eventually Apple got them to play nice together and in the early days it didn't. I think eventually they will get those two things to play better with each other. But for right now, I, I think that if your thing is really because of issues with the touchscreen, you're better off looking at some kind of tactile input device that you can use to interact with your screen as opposed to a voice control. Okay. I really appreciate um, you answering that for me. Thank you very much. And, sure, you're welcome. Uh, Robert, thank you. I'd like to thank your group for putting this together. Thank you. We have John yeah. Ross. 
Hello. Uh, just a quick question. I I currently have an iPhone 8 Plus. I got it in 2018, and, and I'm considering getting the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Um, I, ha I have some usable vision. I use uh, magnification and the pinch-out features and, and everything. Um, did I understand correctly that the, uh, the 12 Pro Max only uses facial recognition? And, yes. Uh, also, yeah, there there is no touch ID in in the current iPhone 12 line, unfortunately. At all, at all. Not at all. Not at all. Wow. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, that's it. Wow, this was really really great, Julian, and all of you callers. You know, Jesse and I, we really appreciate having so many of you call uh, because this is why we do the show. It's really for all of you. So if there are other topics that you would like for us to uh, bring to the show or other individuals that you would like for us to interview, go ahead and send us an email. And uh, that email will have you send it to Christine. And Christine, what is your email, Christine? Director17 at cclvi.org. Director 17. One seven, not spelled out, number one seven. At cclbi.org. Correct. And Julian, I'm certain there's going to be a lot of people who have more questions. And can you give uh, your contact information so that others could contact you? Yes, I'd be happy to. So I have a website. And that's the best place to go because it has all this information on it, including various resources like a list of apps uh, that I know I have to sit down one of these days and kind of update because a few things have changed here and there. But um, it has my contact info. It has a brief description of what I do and the services I offer. So um, that website is www.techjv.com. That's www.te. C H J as in John V as in Victor dot com. If somebody wishes to call me, they can call area code eight one eight seven nine four nine five five four. Great, thank you so much. And uh, you know, if there's anything new that comes out that you're very impressed with. You got to just let us know and we'll bring you on again. Okay. Absolutely. My pleasure. And we'll let everybody know what's going on. So, Jesse, you want to say anything further? Yeah, I just wanted to thank you, Julian, so much for being with here, being with us here tonight. And thank you for everyone who tuned in and listening. Um, I really appreciate all the questions too. You guys seem very either prepared with your questions or you were really paying close attention. I really appreciate that. And Dr. Bill, as always, I appreciate you so much and being your co-host. Oh, thank you. You make my job really, really easy. So until next time, evening, and to stay healthy. Bye-bye.